All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to The Good Mom. Um, Blair and Carmen here, obviously. And today we have a very special guest. Yes, drumroll, please. We are so excited to have Malu. Who is known as This Mama Invest on Instagram. Malu is going to be with us today to uh, talk to us about empowering women to create their own wealth and to learn the skills that are needed in order to do this. I'm going to let you get into all the good stuff, but we're so excited and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I think a lot of people in Qatar know you already. I mean, I, I mean, I would say a lot of people know you already in Qatar, especially moms. And yeah. one of the reasons that I actually wanted you to come on was because money is a big topic within marriage, like, you know, and I find it's a very, either you guys are good and you guys have good communication or you don't. And there's a big like tension. Kind of like an elephant in the room. Yeah. So yes, I think that money is a big topic. It's sensitive. And I don't know, I was growing up, I was always like money and politics keep to yourself. Yeah. You know, you don't talk about that. Um, Absolutely. And um, money is one of the top predict. like fighting about money is one of the top predictors of divorce. Oh, lovely. <laughs> really? Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. At least in the Western yeah. world. So well, I believe it's, it's that. definitely yeah. a very big topic mm-hmm. that is important to demystify mm-hmm. yeah. and to bring it like, you know, like um, to, to have more common conversations not just in the couple but also mm. uh, with our kids yeah yes. because like they are going to mirror how yes. we manage money how we think about money how we feel when we have it how we mm. feel when we don't have it yes and these are things that get like deep inside mm-hmm. and then we are just subconsciously repeating the patterns that we saw growing up so the relationship that parents have if they if you grow up and see your parents fighting about money then there is like this kind of negative mm-hmm. belief of course, yeah associated with money mm. so it's definitely a very very important topic that yeah. really can be you know, seen through different lenses, how it affects the relationships, yeah. how it affects, um, you know, like you as a kid, like how money has been affecting you, how it affects your health, just like every other area of your life. Everything. Yeah. I mean, realistically speaking, we all need money okay. <clears throat> and you need money to survive. I have a question. So I want to know how your parents dealt with money, because as growing up myself, my mom didn't speak to me about money at all. I had no concept of money. I knew that we needed it to buy stuff. I had no idea about anything. So I got to adulthood and I'm just spending money like I'm a millionaire. Mm. And when I met Nick, he was like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I got halfway through the month, the first like month that Nick and I were dating. And I was like, oh, I literally just spent all my salary. And Nick and I moved in together at, like within like a week of dating or something. No way. Did I tell you this? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. We had like two first dates and then we were living together. Like, wow. Yeah, it was, we were straight away. Okay. So anyways, and so he literally was just like, okay, don't worry, I've got you. <laughs> but like, it was very like, I once booked a, 
a flight, like 24 hours. I'm going to India. And then he had to buy me a flight to Dubai because we were going to meet his family. And I was like, I have no money. So I'm just letting you know up front that I recklessly bought a flight to Dubai, uh, to India. Um, and your parents are expecting us. So, <laughs> and he was uh-huh. like, it's fine. It's fine. But you need to sort your shit out. Okay. Um, so I had no concept. Yeah. Until like now I'm kind of, you know, 10 years later. <laughs> what about your parents? I don't remember, like, as I've mentioned before, I have a really terrible memory. There's this one highlight in my childhood that I remember. I was in a dressing room um, with my sister and my mom. We were shopping and I really wanted to get something. And I remember my sister turning to me and being like, well, do you really need that? Because I know mom and dad are trying to watch what they're spending. And that is stuck in my mind. Um, And I think, I don't necessarily know how that shaped me, but I remember it as someone that's like very worried about others like I think that I internalize that as like yeah. oh my god we don't have any money you know yes. from like from a child's mind I think that's how I internalized it yeah. and I was like okay we need to be very careful um but then yeah when I started making my own money I was like I got all the money in the world <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a very kind of like turbulent I'm not very good with money it really stresses me out um my husband has kind of like brought me back down to a financial reality. Um, but I have like, I've always loved working. I love earning money and Mm -hmm. I do enjoy saving money. Like I have been able to save here and there throughout my life, um, and paid for like significant things. Like I remember in high school, I, um, worked in a restaurant, saved all my money and took myself on a trip, like a school sponsored trip. So I do understand that idea of like saving and the reward from saving, so growing up, um, I think like money was a topic that was quite, quite complicated because my parents were struggling a lot financially. Uh, like really, I remember, for example, ah, okay. So one of one of the first things that I remember about uh, money is that my grandpa, my grandfather, he was giving allowance, like a weekly allowance to my brother and I, and my brother is just like one year, one year and a half older than me, but he would receive more mm-hmm. than me just because I was a girl. He yeah. was a boy. Oof. Yeah. So he would receive like 50, uh, the currency yeah. and me 30. And I remember, like, asking, um, uh, like, my mom, like, I, I definitely come in, like, why why is it that there is a difference? Yeah. And he's, it's not like he has, like, more responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> we were, like, childs. And, um, like, somehow it was this idea that, you know, like, it's a gift, like, just, it's, this right, is how it is. Okay. Your, and like your grandfather, that's the way he thinks. So that was not how my mom thought. Yeah. But it was just like, that was one of my first memories that I have with money. And uh, like I mentioned, like my parents were, were struggling. Like I remember seeing my mom like working so many hours per day yeah. like from the morning as, aside from taking care of the house. Um and working until very late, sometimes like 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning, and then yeah. next day over and over again. And so I think like somehow, and she wasn't making too much money, to be honest. Um, and I remember having this association, like you really need to overwork yourself. You need to hustle yeah. so that you can, like this is like the normal. This is what I saw. 
And um, I remember hearing like my grandfather saying, don't get into into any debt. Like Mm -hmm. debts are bad. Don't own money to absolutely anybody. If you ever want to buy something, it has to always be in cash. Mm -hmm. Like never get a a loan. Mm -hmm. Like debt equal evil. Okay. So that was one of the like, you know, things that were drilled in my, in my, in my head. That must've been a really big hurdle to get over. Oh yeah. I mean, because we, I, I was, I kept like making, you know, like um, mistakes over mistakes. Mm. And like, I feel that from the lack of financial education uh, and because I was just like looking at what my parents and family were doing, we received zero financial education in school. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like yeah. When, once we get out in the real life, yes. it's like we are financially handicapped. Yes. Mm-hmm. But because everybody is doing the same, it's like it's normalized. Yeah. Like we don't realize we are doing bad things. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I had no idea, like, um, do I need to prepare for retirement? When should I start? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I need to save? But um, do I need to just save? Invest- investing was like, of course, a topic that ne- I never heard mm-hmm. of yeah. uh, until I was in university. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of these topics, like, you know, just mentioned because it's, you know, like, yeah, the company, you know, like, they just, it was just mentioned, mm-hmm. but, um, um, yeah, it wasn't something that I thought it would be for for me. I thought it was something for other people, yes. you know, yeah. like for rich people. Yeah, for rich people. That's what yes. I would have said, too, <laughs> That's... rich people. I think that that is a common misconception that you can only invest if you're rich. You can only start investing if you've made this amount of money. Yeah. But really, you can you can start at any time. Which, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like I've uh, like in my journey, like one of the very first things I had to do, like unpack all these mm. beliefs that I had, like remove mm-hmm. all these beliefs that I had towards money, and then like start learning again from zero like mm-hmm. how does it work um and it's been an incredible journey like i realized i was living in a life yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah did you so what made you like what was your milestone like moment that you were like okay i'm just gonna do it what made you so it was um when i found out one day that i was uh pregnant Mm -hmm. and it was the beginning of COVID. I was about to break the news to my husband and so I decided to put the pregnancy test in the oven Mm -hmm. and and I record like I was like with my phone because you know I wanted like I've you know, you see these videos in the internet mm-hmm, where like uh, the dads, they find out and they're like crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the crying didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, like we were both in hospitality and hospitality was categorized as a non-essential business. Yes. And the hotel where I was working was shutting down mm-hmm. uh, because they were doing this partnership with the Ministry of Health. So it was becoming kind of like a hospital. Oh, so me oh. in the commercial department, I was like working from home. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, am I going to get fired? How long am I going to keep receiving this salary? Mm. So like when when he saw the pregnancy test, he was like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Like, are you serious? Mm. Like we have no money. 
Yeah. And like really panic set in. Like I had to, you know, I uh, it was not as per my script. <laughs> and and I was like, all right, um I just left and uh so I, it was in the kitchen. So I, I left the kitchen, I was like crying in the toilet and I was like, Okay, so I I have two options. Mm-hmm. Number one, either I will just do nothing and accept that we are going to keep struggling financially and mm-hmm. that money is going to be a subject that brings stress, just like my parents uh, did. So mm-hmm. I'm like kind of repeating the cycles. Or number two, I'm going to get my shit together and I'm going to figure out how this works. Yeah. Because clearly there is something that we are doing wrong. And like I like my husband and I, we were both doing what we were supposed to do, what society tells you to yeah. do. Study hard, yeah. get your degrees, get a job, work hard. Like both were working like so much yeah. for so many hours, not like barely seeing our kids. And that was like so heartbreaking yeah. because like, okay, we have two kids. I'm not, I'm not seeing them yeah. like, too, like as much as I would like to. And um, I know. <laughs> It's and hard. and, it's and yeah. still like something happens and I wanted this to be like a joyful moment yeah. and it became like another moment of stress. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, enough is enough. Like clearly we're doing something wrong. Yeah. And so that's a moment where I was like, okay, um, we need to figure this out. And yeah. I, from the beginning, when I found out I was pregnant, like um, in my head, I had this idea that we have nine months to figure it out. So let's be happy right now. So, you know, like things happen and we have this capacity. If we've like me coming from Latin America, he's, uh, he's French and we've gone through so many things together. Mm -hmm. Like why wouldn't we be able to, to figure one more thing out? Yeah. So I was like, so determined. I knew exactly what was my why. Like I really don't want to repeat the cycle mm-hmm. of struggling uh, financially and that was like I was like I'm gonna go all in I, I got that feeling and I knew I didn't want to go back so I was like okay I need to do something and I started learning and and then you know like once I read this book uh, read um, Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. In one of the first chapters, he talked about burning desire mm-hmm. and how, like, people who really, like, he, this guy in the 1920s, he interviewed like uh, hundreds of the most wealthy people in the US. Oh, okay. And then he determined what were the characteristics that they have in common. Mm-hmm. And he discovered that these wealth people that like had like um made at least one million dollars which is more at a time than of it course. is today course, yeah. um they had 16 characteristics in common oh what are they do share and one of them is burning desire mm. and it's this thought that you are burning the bridge right. like you are going all in and there is no way back not like okay just in case this doesn't work i'm just gonna keep no like you're and throwing all the eggs yes, like in you the basket. Like, yes. There I want to say savings, Nick. <laughs> I'm throwing it all in. <laughs> We're going for it. 
so that I really like at the at the very beginning I felt this burning desire like I want to transform like how we are with money like mm-hmm. I always wanted to be like you know like um being successful in all areas on or of my life of course and finances yeah. why not in finances like I find like uh you know like a lot of people if you say hey you want to be like more successful in your relationships yes of course how about in your health absolutely how about in money and there is like you know mm-hmm. sometimes this resistance yeah because um there are you know, growing up, this belief like money, um, you know, like rich people are greedy or they are uh, shallow or they are just, you know, like. Yeah. And I mean, I think like, as we kind of said from the beginning, you need money to survive. So there's this fear around, you know, money and earning it and keeping it and saving it. And I think with, um, you know, investing, there's also a fear of losing it. But I also just want to like say, to find out you're pregnant, you know, that is a huge life change. But then also to like have a career change on top of that within the nine months of nine plus months of pregnancy. I mean, that is so courageous of you and brave. And um, there's a huge amount of strength behind that. I mean, I that's incredible. I used I, to hate my job. Okay. Well, that's also a burning desire to like get out of that. (laughs) But I mean, that probably helped. But yeah, working, first of all, my father's in the hospitality um, industry and I know how hard you have to work in that. And the pay is not amazing. It's It's terrible for the hours that you put in in F&B and hospitality and sales. It's like, it's horrific how little Mm -hmm. people get paid. So fix that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, hotel industry um, for all of you that are listening um, one of the things that really struck me at the beginning of COVID is this illusion of job security Yes, and how is it is normal to have like either one household with one job or two jobs if both parents are, are working and uh, I mean both persons I'm sorry parents. Uh, both persons are, are working and when I saw that during COVID like people were laying off mm. massively it was, crazy. it was like oh my gosh like it was terrifying there is, like there is really this is, is there is no job security like you're and if you have to, like tie your identity to what you do which is not you know it's not not the uh, the best thing to do but um you know when you are working like so many hours or you're giving your life for mm-hmm. something then suddenly that changes mm-hmm. um it's a great shock and financially even if one person loses a job it's like a big chunk of yeah, of, of income course. that is going to be um removed uh, so and one of the things that i learned is that like um wealthy people they build multiple revenue streams. Mm-hmm. That is like something that is, yeah. yes, uh, you know, like uh, planned from the beginning, mm-hmm. like build multiple revenue streams. So that yeah. if one, you know, is uh, is in trouble, then you have others to keep. Nick always, sorry, just finishing off that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Nick always said to me that he he read somewhere that we should have like five or six incomes coming in at different times and I'm like how are we going to do that like I find that so stressful so stressful because I do obviously my freelancing on the side and he was like why don't you open up a drop shipping account why don't you look at doing this why don't you look at doing that and I'm just like why don't you because it's just stressing (laughs) me out and like I found that there was 
as I'm, I was a stay-at-home mom at the time then, I still am kind of, it's a limbo. I say this every single time. I find that, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I find that with a lot of my friend groups and the husbands are working and the moms are stay at home, it's often, well, why don't you pick up five extra side gigs? And I found that very, very daunting to mm-hmm. me. Well, I think that comes along with the idea of a stay-at-home mom is not a full-time job, even though yeah. we all know it is. Mm-hmm. Um, being a mom, whether working or not working, is a full-time Absolutely. job. Absolutely. So, 100% agree. Yeah. So, I think that it comes, again, with the misconception yeah. that it's not. And so, why don't you do this, this, and that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I also, one of the things that I learned is that um, um, in order to be able to build these multiple revenue streams is to think about how can these revenue streams be passive mm-hmm. yes. because there is this difference between active income and passive income so yeah the easiest way to make money is through active income which is what we all are very familiar with like we work and uh, one hour we get paid one hour but mm-hmm. you are like exchanging your time for money in an equal basis yeah but with passive income the idea is that your efforts are reduced Mm -hmm. but the outcome is increased yeah so for example a one revenue stream that is uh, it could become passive is if you have real estate that is giving you rent that is not Mm -hmm. managed by yourself because otherwise that would be like more more active but if you know, you have an agency that is handling that for you and then you're just receiving the rent that becomes passive. Dividend investing mm-hmm. is another way of passive income. And that is something that a lot of people do when they are towards retirement. Like they will invest, put a chunk of money, they will park that money into uh, stocks that mm-hmm. will give you dividends. They will pay you just for owning yeah. the stock. So that is 100% passive. And in my case, I decided to learn with a coach, mm-hmm. not to okay. jump on the pool before learning how to how, how to swim. Yeah. So I had a coach, I learned, and then I started seeing, you know, growth in my money. And then, um, so you see that the difference for me is like, this is why like I really think like having someone to guide you on how to do things yeah. Um, to avoid mistakes, like if someone already went through the uh, trial and error, then learn from that person mm-hmm. so that you get a shortcut instead of trying to navigate for yourself mm-hmm. because you will end up losing a lot of time or money mm-hmm. yeah. in the end. Of course. of course. How much did you start off with investing? Like, like your very first time that you went in onto the whatever you used, did you put like $100 in? Did you put every single thing you owned in? So I put the beginning $500. Okay. This is what I found it was like comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And like I wasn't using any of my husband. That was like my little project of my of, at the very beginning. Like I needed to learn first. But uh, from the beginning, I understood that it was important to be consistent. So I was like putting $500. Then... The more I was becoming co- uh, confident on what I was doing, I started adding up. Like it okay. became one thousand dollars per month. Uh, we received, I remember, a bonus, um, and it was like I think like that time it was like two or 
more or less two times my salary, almost oh my two times my salary. And because I was I was learning about all these my behaviors with money, and I was like so focused. I was like, you know what? Just gonna put hundred percent of my bonus to investing. I'm not a, I'm not going yeah. to go out and mm. you know just do shopping or whatever I would have done in the past. Yeah. And um, so I invested. That was I don't know. I don't know how long. It was a, it was a big amount. So I put everything on it. And then when I was telling my husband on the first year, I was like my my account was already like thirty percent. He was like, okay, let's let's move some of our savings that we mm. have uh, back in France and let's put it as well to invest because clearly like uh, it seems is looking better like we had like some money and mm-hmm. um, with some sort of it's called it's weird I don't know how to translate it it's called uh, a life insurance okay. yeah but yeah. I don't think it's the same life insurance because it's kind of it's kind of like a um, like an account where someone else will manage mm-hmm. and they will invest on your behalf. But they were taking a lot of fees and they were not, uh, how to say, like they, they were not performing okay. uh, to the bare minimum. Yeah. Oh. So like one year was like 7%. And okay. so it was like, then I learned like, okay, this is not even the, the average of the market growth. Mm. So I'm sure we can make their decision at the beginning like for many months that money stayed there but at, at one point i became like very confident and say okay let's take the money out, out of that place okay and um i will manage it so one thing that you were saying as well uh is it's not your typical financial uh setup in your house you actually are the finance guy financial planner in the house <laughs> uh and not your husband Yes. And how, um, how like, was he started. quite content with you just going, like, yes. or was he scared? Was there, like, a stereotype of he was like, are you sure you can do that? <laughs> you know what? Uh, at the very beginning, so the dynamics at home, at the very beginning, like, in, before my journey, I was completely reckless. Okay. Like, I would receive my salary and I would immediately go to the shopping. I would go to Sephora, Zara, mm-hmm. and just buy things. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't save at yeah. all. Like, not even in my... Th- like, yeah, maybe if there is anything left at the end of the month. Let's see. But it was all in my... in the, Like, I didn't have a specific savings account. It was just there. And yeah. I knew my husband was saving. So I was like, he's taking care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but then uh, when I decided to take control, I found out that um, we weren't really taking like the best decisions, mm. and so that made me realize that um, we all come to to the world uh, without being financial wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, of course, nobody is born knowing how to, you have to manage, money, uh, manage the money and invest. So um, when we put all the financial financial responsibilities yeah. in, in our husband, chances are that they don't have all the answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I, I realized. Um, and so we started doing something different. And I, I am glad that he was fully on board and because also like I was in constant communication and mm-hmm. like sharing with him the things that I was learning mm-hmm. 
So I I could sense some relief that yeah. at least that that part is being shared, and and then he was fully. And now I really like manage the money. Like he received his salary, and he will just keep an amount for himself, and then the rest he gives to me, mm-hmm. so I can pay all the bills. I can do the investments. I put aside for the emergency fund. Yeah, and I handle all the rest. I love it. Good for you guys. I mean, I just love that you took the risk and that's your husband, you know, just hands over the money. (laughs) I mean, I think it's just so empowering to hear about that and to um, see those kind of like Mm-hmm. gender norms for lack of a better word oh, you know, <laughs> what, what, what i think i i, I like related to the gender norms i think this could be an, uh, like a good question like why women specifically is important to take control of our money yeah i mean the first thing that comes to my mind is that i think it's just so empowering and i think that um if we are in, in control of our money, I don't know, maybe this is just my mind. It's just like more of an equal partnership. I think money is such a heavy weight between two people. Um, and so if you don't know what's going on with the money, then it's almost like you have no freedom. No, um, is that the right word? No. No. Why, why, um, why is it important to go against the gender norms? Oh, I don't, I'll get canceled because I don't care. Uh, okay. <laughs> but my thing is, I don't, like when you said the freedom thing, I was like, mm, it, it triggered me. Yeah, triggered I could me. see it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess Hardly. everyone would react differently to that. Only because then I, it was almost like saying, well, I'm like shackled to my husband, you know, whereas Nick has never been that way towards me. He's never been like, oh, you can't spend this. You can't, in fact, he probably caters to me. He probably enables me to be reckless. So the freedom thing, I feel like it triggered me as a stay-at-home mom because there was always this, oh, well, you're dependent on your husband. Yeah. You're dependent on this person for that. And I don't mind being dependent, but I don't like when people think that, like, I can't stand up on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I could if I wanted to, but... I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. <laughs> but I, okay. maybe freedom is too strong of a word. So I think it's like yeah, I'm really just being involved educated. and mm-hmm. educating yeah. oneself. I think there's freedom and empowerment in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really think it's it's important for women to take control because exactly what you're saying, mm-hmm. like life can change in the blink of yeah. an eye. And um, also it's important to, to consider that women live longer than men mm. like on average we yeah. live like five years longer the average age of widowhood is only 59 and so it is important to just consider that in our life lifetime we are going to need more money especially on the earlier like you know, on the later years mm-hmm. and because healthcare is going to be also yeah. like a greater expense than than nowadays and also because i think in general uh, money can give you um the confidence that you can you can take the decision to remove yourself from a situation that is not serving you yeah yeah 
So I mean, it can be, yeah. yeah, it can be, it can be like uh, Nick was saying that he wants to have enough money to, you know, to to say, you know, I, adios, yeah, <laughs> goodbye to his job. But you know, it's you need to have a financial security mm -hmm. to be able to do that, and it's the same for. Um, I know that my mom, for example, she was working like really hard because she wanted she wanted to get out of the mm -hmm. relationship. It wasn't mm -hmm. working with my dad. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like I know, like so many uh, women, they really can't yeah. get out of a situation yeah. just because financially is not possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is why I think that's where my mind was going as well. Like I let's not even say women. I think in a relationship, two partners, if there is one partner that relies heavily on their other partner for financial reasons, and they do need to get out for some reason. Mm -hmm. That they feel stuck. My mom said to me, very unsolicited, and I didn't take it well. She mm -hmm. was like, and she meant the best. Well, she meant the best in her what she said, but she was like, make sure you have a, a evacuation plan. Make sure you have money saved to the side. And I was like, excuse me, you've had two failed marriages. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. But as I see people, you know, we're ten years in, and we see marriages starting to fall apart. And we see that some, some people need to have an evacuation plan. Yeah, so I get yeah. that in yeah. terms of, you know, being able to go when you need to go, mm -hmm. especially here, because you're kind of stuck here as an expat. Yeah. If you want to leave, you know, for a few years ago, your partners had to sign you yeah. to let you leave the country or they would get it like even now Nick gets a text message to say mm -hmm. um, I've spent money or uh, I've booked a flight so mm -hmm. if I wanted not that I'm gonna because this has nothing to do with me but other people need to have an evacuation plan yeah of course of course so we've talked about like about what you did and how you got into it so as a um, professional what do you offer for people like what do you yeah what, what do you do <laughs> <laughs> yes. to share all this incredible information yes so I I do have a program where I teach women how to take control of their money and start making their money work for them so it's uh, really to fully understand the stock market mm -hmm. and how to build a strategy that is fully customized to um, your personal goals, your risk tolerance, and your values are really customized to, to like, is unique for you. Mm -hmm. And then, like, how to, how to start, how to become a confident investor. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. Have you ever had a man ask to join your course? I have actually, out of, like, 120 or 130 students mm -hmm. that we have, uh, I had Two gents joining. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Very cool. <laughs> Do you know what awesome. was funny is, so I signed up to your course uh, in the last 24 hours or something like that. And I said to Nick and to Blair, I said, I wonder how Nick's going to find, because I said, I want you sitting beside me to help like explain it even more. And I was like, I wonder how he's going to take learning from a woman because I find that there's this mental block sometimes where guys are like, well, not all guys, but some are a bit like, oh, that's, I don't know how to take that. Um, and so I was saying like, I need you to be open-minded. I need you to like, because I'm going to, I know I personally will learn better from a woman. I know, I don't know if that's because I've lived here for so long. Mm. I just feel more like nurtured. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I just, I said, I wonder how he's going to, 
take it all in mm. because he listens to all of these people and he follows these guys and stuff and he tells me all the time but none of them have ever been women so mm. should be interesting be interesting journey no I definitely think it's it's uh i also learn from a woman okay. and i i think it's i felt this much more comfortable yes because i don't want a guy mansplaining things exactly. to me yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. And I think the representation in the financial landscape, like it's a male-dominated field. Oh, 100%. So I think like having a feminine figure just like help you expand and grow your finances, mm -hmm. for especially for women, because like I explained earlier, like we really need to grow our money. Like, like we really need to take advantage of the power of investing because um, like if we are only saving... You know, there is a very, very um, um, interesting statistic that parents, um, like, first of all, they don't they don't speak too much about money to their kids. But when mm -hmm. they do, they will have a different uh, topics for, for boys and girls. Oh. And the topics that girls are going to receive growing up is more like, You need to save your money and you need to do little things so mm -hmm. that you can contribute a little bit to, to your household. And for boys, it's more about wealth building, investing. And you can see that in mm -hmm. magazines as well, like how the language, um, what type of articles are written for men magazines compared to women yeah. magazines. Mm. It's like, it's, it's crazy. Like women don't invest as mm. much as men, and so mm. we really need to to catch up so yeah. that you know the savings that we generate it can really grow and sustain us for the future. Uh, but when when you see that the financial landscape is just full of just one type of mm -hmm. person, it kind of puts you off. Um, it puts you off and like internally some way yeah. somehow you don't think this is something that you necessarily can do yes i think representation matters and absolutely we have not seen enough of that growing up yeah and even from your grandpa like you know no offense to him um but that's what he knew yeah yeah and that's what he was taught and so he's yeah. going to pass that down but the fact that you like woke up one day and were like listen I'm going to break this cycle right now, right here. I think that's incredible. And that takes, again, so much courage, so much guts, and a certain amount of strength. That On our last note, what would be one piece of advice you'd give to any person out there in terms um, of investing? <clears throat> in terms of investing, um, I think one of the most important things that we can do is to Uh, really create the habit and like do consistently mm -hmm. because investing is not just okay I'm gonna put uh, one mm -hmm. certain amount and then I forget about it I'm reading a book and that person uh, was saying like how important like really the habit is yeah and he was comparing it to um, the fitness industry like, okay. like if you want to achieve optimal Uh, health and you know reach your fitness yeah. goal it's not about just doing three apps one day yes or going one day to the gym and then you forget about it it's yeah. really about this consistent discipline. habit and yes the discipline and keeping in your mind that you may not see results like mm -hmm. immediately yeah. just like okay. with, with going to the gym yeah 
That's a really good message. It is because I'm going into this thinking, I'm going to be a freaking millionaire. <laughs> Next month. <laughs> of yeah. course. Awesome. Well, thank you thank so you. much. Thank you so this much was, for having me. It was great talk. Yeah. Thank you for this yeah. like very advice. empowering um, episode <laughs> and advice. I'll sign up once this podcast starts making money. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Really, it's, a, it's an honor to be here with you. You Aww. guys are amazing. I really love uh, this conversation that we're having. And I love how you are uh, like bringing up some subjects in your podcast that is like so important for um, all women. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Take care. Have a good yeah. week. Goodbye. Bye.